Tabitha. Who is Tabitha? Tabitha, from uh, the reading that we heard from Acts, she heard her shepherd's voice. She followed the voice of Jesus. The Acts of the Apostles is the story of what happened after Jesus died. Luke continues his tale talking about how this movement began to grow and spread. There's some tensions, as there usually are, as people are working together and figuring out how to work together. And there are a lot of surprises, I would say. Acts also has um, a, a sense of a breathless pace. Things happen quickly, things build. And I think that's also um, very apparent because in Acts, the Holy Spirit is moving. She is moving and working and helping to change this early community, these young people who's, or these people who were young in their faith, began with an experience of Jesus, and then that rippled out and grew and grew. And Tabitha's story is dropped in toward the beginning of Acts and, and really is quite remarkable in how it helps to shape the expanse of what's going on. So there's a few lines about Tabitha. She was a woman living in the town of Joppa, and startling to our ears, she's first described as a disciple, a term that in the Gospels was really reserved for the twelve. Those 12 men that were following Jesus. Although when you look, when you listen a little deeper, you hear that there were others, that there were others that were followers, that there were others that included women who were followers. Tabitha was a disciple of Jesus, and the way that she lived out her faith was to care for, to nurture, I might say to practice mothering, with the widows in the town where she lived. And she dies. And I think of the widows that were left behind. I think of these women who had already experienced so much loss, losing potentially a partner that they loved, that they had been together with for a while, but also in the ancient world where women did not have their, their own sense of, um, they weren't, autonomous in the ancient economy. They were very dependent on the care, on the support that they received from their father and father's household, potentially a, a brother, their brother's household, and then maybe eventually their son's household. They were dependent on others because of the way the economy worked back then. And they'd, they'd lost they had lost, they were grieving, and they needed support. There's a story earlier on in Acts in a different town where they realized that some of the widows were not being cared for the way they ought to be cared for in this Christian community. And so the, the Christian leaders get together and they decide to create deacons. They appoint these seven people that are going to be um, in service of the widows in that town. And I wonder if Tabitha was sort of an, a, an outgrowth of that in this other town. Not only did she love on these widows, but when she dies and Peter comes to visit, 
The widows are there grieving her death, and they are showing Peter the beautiful clothing that she made them. She didn't just make sure they had food to eat or clothes to wear. She offered them beautiful clothing. Like she sort of went the extra mile in the ways in which she lived out being Christ for these women. So there's Tabitha, and there are the widows. And then some other disciples realize that Peter is nearby. Peter, who has, is a disciple, who has had an experience of Jesus. Peter, who sometimes gets it really right and sometimes gets it really wrong in the gospel stories. But Peter is nearby. And what we don't hear in the story this morning, Peter has been in this other town that's nearby, and he encountered this man who was paralyzed, who'd been experiencing paralysis for, I think, like eight years. And Peter goes, and he heals this man. So this, this person who had been immobilized, in a way, gains movement again. Then Peter travels to Joppa, where he is in this room with these grieving widows and Tabitha's dead body. And this is not the first time that Peter has been in a space like this. Jesus led him into this sort of room a while ago. So Peter invites the widows to leave, and he prays over Tabitha. And it's pretty simple. He says, Tabitha, get up. And she does. So Peter prayed over somebody who was immobilized, and they gained movement. And then here, Peter is praying over this woman who had died, and she gets up. She comes back to life. There's a theologian, Willie James Jennings, who's written a commentary about the book of Acts, and I would like to share some of his words here. He writes, Peter's presence declares an unmistakable truth. Women matter. This woman matters, and the work she does for widows matters to God. It matters so much that God will not allow death the last word. Others had been raised from the dead in the Gospels and in Luke's Gospel, but this is different. Tabitha is an activist who lives again in resurrection power. She has work to do and joy to give to the widows. You have not been abandoned, dear widows. He goes on to write in his commentary, and this piece just feels so apropos for what we are dealing with today in our nation. Willie James Jennings goes on to say, We know that death imagines a special claim to the bodies of women. Their deaths are normalized, and naturalized in social orders that value men's body far above all others. It will not be so among the disciples. They will find Peter standing next to Tabitha, a gift of God who has been given again the gift of life. It is no accident that the first disciples to have this little taste of the resurrection is a woman, because it was a woman who gave birth to the resurrection. What a radical movement. The story of Acts begins right after Jesus has died. And I imagine that the disciples, they they thought they knew what Jesus was talking about when he preached that the kingdom of God had come near, that the reign of God, the dream of God has come near. 
phrase that I like for this is to think of the economy of God. How do things work in God's economy? Acts begins in this small space. And if you remember, in the week after Easter, the disciples are locked behind a door, huddled together in fear of what they might encounter outside. But at some point, they went outside, and they started moving, and they started traveling, and they started to live out their faith. They started to live out this resurrection life. Peter, it's like with each step he takes, more is revealed for just how big this vision is. Those who can't move coming into movement. Those who are dead being restored to life. Acts follows that Peter is going to have a dream that all these different kinds of foods that he grew up kosher, believing were not okay to eat, God is going to say, actually, no, it is all okay. The, the horizon keeps expanding. And we sit here today with an expansive horizon for what it means to live and love as Jesus, for what it means to be Christ with each other and out in the world. Just as Tabitha was of faithful service to those who needed loving, to those who needed nourishing and caring for. Just as Peter was of faithful service to the gospel, to the expansiveness of resurrection, we are invited to be of service as well. I want to mention that today we celebrate Mother's Day. Um, and I know it is a beautiful holiday to be honored, and it's also a, a time that can be very challenging, full of despair for others. So I want to hold space for the expanse that is contained in this day. But I always like to go back to how it all began. The first Mother's Day was celebrated in a worship experience back in 1907. And it was because of the work Anna Jarvis did to establish this holiday. She wanted to honor her mother, Anne Reeves Jarvis, who was an activist. She was an activist for peace and for public health. Those were the ways in which she mothered, standing up for peace and for public health. And I find it a beautiful connection to think of the activism of Tabitha, the activism of Anne Reeves Jarvis, and the activism of all of us who practice mothering, showing up for each other in ways that build peace and take care of each other.